Welcome to the Gunning Truth with Ronnie in association with the Arsenal Cape Town Official Supporters Club, a podcast that dissects all things Arsenal. Arsenal at the World Cup Part 3 and it's that part where the yearly Arsenal sick note or injury note uh, situation starts happening. A big, big player is out for a, a certainly considerable amount of time and it almost feels like double when you think of all the football games that's going to be coming at us thick and fast. Tough away games. Tough games in general and very little recovery time and also the possibilities of more injuries because of the load that the players are carrying, uh, whether it's minor muscle injuries or even, you know, ligaments, tendons and major muscle injuries that's going to take place post-World Cup. We don't know what's going to happen, who's going to go far in the tournament. We've got uh, Saliba at France uh, against England, Ramsdale won't play, but he's obviously part of the the playing squad. And then you've got Sacco, who very likely will start three goals. He's been excellent in the World Cup. Uh, so they, they're playing each other. So uh, obviously one of the two teams will be knocked out. For Brazil, we've got Martinelli only this time. Uh, after Jesus's serious injury that he picked up, a serious knee injury. And uh, Switzerland just got knocked out, Japan just got knocked out, so our midfield seems to be okay, uh, as in Thomas Partey and Xhaka, both pictured in Dubai today. And then you've got uh, Tomiyasu, our, uh, you can say backup right back, because we don't know what's the situation, the personal situation with Ben White. And then, uh, yeah, Matt Turner's USA, he was actually excellent for them. Matt Turner is back. So uh, these players have all performed really well and noble for their countries. And it's very sad, especially the way Tom, Tommy Yasu criticised himself uh, post-game in all the post-match injuries. He's actually a, quite an honest dude. But um, I don't know. Uh, in some cases, you can look at it that the player is hypercritical. Uh, for someone that has had clearly has had lots of hamstring issues. I thought he was excellent in the, the game against Germany and excellent in the game against Croatia. And the game before that, I think he started as well. So I know he was hypercritical on his own performance because Japan didn't or weren't able to continue in the World Cup. But I thought he was okay. He did really did well in the left centre-back position in a back three for Japan. So uh, that's the Arsenal situation at the World Cup, but unfortunately a knee issue uh, reared up for Gabriel Jesus in the Cameroon game, which Brazil ended up losing due to all the changes that they made. And unfortunately he's had to have had surgery and a couple of podcasts that I've been uh, listening to where there's quite a few uh, medical experts that's uh, basically talked a little bit about this the forms of knee injuries that you get uh, to do with the medial lateral collateral uh, ligament issues and obviously in some cases when they, they don't need to operate 
and in other cases they do. So clearly they felt the need to operate on this. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's something that could have gotten progressively worse if it wasn't serious, uh, as in no surgery, but just rest for a couple of weeks. So it does look like it's going to, at the very least, be four months, in my opinion. Uh, the reason why I say four months is obviously the player still needs to get back uh, into training. So if he's back before three months, we can revisit this podcast and then we see how it was possible for Gabriel Jesus to be back. I'm hoping, I don't know when the, let's say the last, the last eight. So if we get through our last 32 uh, or the last 16 Europa League games, I'm sure he could very likely be back for the quarterfinals. But I think he will definitely miss most of February as well. So December, I don't know if they are counting in December, uh, but uh, the very busy January, I think February, we might have a little bit of a slightly easier run other than the Man City game. And then obviously it picks up again with tough away fixtures in that final couple of months. However, January is going to be very difficult. And once again, we need to possibly look into what we can do in the transfer window but I still foresee Arsenal going for I don't know if it's a guarantee even though the rumours has been uh, strife or rife as they call it that we are going to get Mudrik but I'm just concerned Shakhtar Donetsk are a team that tends to sell well and are also the type of team that has bidding wars so they obviously put out information to agents and other clubs and then bidding wars ensues so if another club is interested that uh, might have more money. It, it, it doesn't make sense that other clubs have more money because Arsenal seems to play within the boundaries of financial fair play. But our commercial deals, uh, as I've mentioned before, and the way I understand it, the better ones kicks in only next year. And then obviously Champions League football, hopefully, is going to bring in much more money. And then the Adidas deal that is a very good Adidas deal that Arsenal have been working on. That's going to take us quite a long period of time with Adidas. And obviously, we all are happy with the kits and all that. So it's actually quite good, our, our dealings with Adidas. And it's very popular. So uh, those type of deals are only going to kick in in the new season. So that means we have to work hard still in this season. And it's very difficult to see Arsenal spending loads of money. And I know a lot of deals are, and as we saw in the Arsenal financials, that Arsenal owe hundreds of millions of uh, euros uh, to clubs for past deals. So the deals does get break broken down into various uh, installments. But I still don't foresee Arsenal going out and spending more than 50 or 60 million uh, on two players um, uh, the, the noises are a wide forward that hopefully going to be able to come in straight away and then also a dominant ball winner because I think we are good when it comes to eights and tens in the team and some of our eights and tens can play wide so that's not too bad either so maybe based on all that if our eights and tens can play wide maybe it is actually better for us to go for a striker but Number one, the type of striker that uh, uh, that we need in our team. The well, I think we need a taller, slightly taller one that's good in the air. However, can still uh, uh, play quite well with the team. Can get come come deep and get the ball. Uh, I.e., England's captain. Basically, I'm not going to say his name, but uh, basically that type of player, player that's good 
basically everywhere can score goals but also can come deep and uh, you know integrate Saka, Martinelli, Smith Rowe, Vieira, Odegaard into the play uh, and go into the channels left or right whereas uh, Nketiah I'm not 100% sure he's going to be able to do this for a long period of time and obviously with games coming thick and fast he's not going to be able to play every couple of days for three months especially with FA Cup uh, Europa League key Europa League games home and away and then three days later very difficult home or away Premier League tie while we are pushing for the league you can say we are five points clear so it's mad to, to not think that we are still pushing for the league just because one player is out and a lot of people are obviously placing the fact that Jesus has been on a scoring drought and once again maybe it's to do with his knee issue that's been coming for a while now even though uh, the Brazilian coaching staff says that it's not a long-standing issue. It's an issue that stemmed from the Cameroon game, which I don't think is the case. I think there's a reason why he hasn't been 100%. Uh, uh, and he was injured. Uh, I think he was injured uh, for a game in the Europa League. He was going to play Europa League game a couple of weeks ago. And then he ended up not playing, but he was then fit for the league game. So I think something around about that time happened uh, with his knee. So, dejected, yes, but Arsenal has an opportunity. They have got an opportunity. They've got the two friendly games that's taking place in Dubai. The home friendly game against Juventus. Uh, and then th two football games before, uh, Premier League games before the transfer window opens. So hopefully Arsenal are really working hard behind the scenes to get some sort of work done. Uh, so that we can, at, as soon as possible, uh, get a new player in. Because Nketiah, if he's going to be playing alone up front, has to play West Ham at home on Boxing Day. A couple of days later against Brighton. Anything can happen from an injury standpoint, from a form standpoint. Uh, and then it's Newcastle United, a huge game on the 3rd of January. I'm not 100% certain on that. I haven't really looked at the fixtures again due to the busyness of this World Cup. But I think on the third new year, new day of the new year, we've got Newcastle United at the Emirates Stadium. So will Eddie be tip-top shape in all three of those games? I have my doubts. I have my doubts. I think in a, in a short-term period, he can do the job. But uh, I didn't like what I saw in the Europa League games. However, as I'm doing this podcast, I've just watched Arsenal's friendly against Lyon. And I will chat about it shortly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I thought he was excellent in the Lyon game. However, uh, I've made a note that Lyon barely pressed us, so it was quite an easy first half for Arsenal. Uh, let me actually just go to the Lyon game. Well, first of all, Arsenal had a behind-closed-doors friendly uh, last week, or earlier in this week, before jetting off to Dubai. Uh, we lost 4-2 to Watford, so we lost to a first... First division team, 4-2 at London Colney. Uh, obviously, no, uh, not really cameras, even though the game was uh, uh, shown in uh, highlight form. Uh, Marquinhos and Eddie Nketiah scored for us in the first half. So Nketiah scoring both, both friendly games so far. So that's obviously, uh, he's there to score goals. So it's actually quite good that he has been scoring two goals in two friendly games. However, we do know that it's going to come down to Boxing Day and how he performs in that that game. Arsenal did win the game 
2-1 in the first half. The reason why I put it that way is we played off our, let's say, our experienced squad players and some, obviously, one or two first-teamers. That's not at the World Cup, but mostly squad players and dominated the game from the highlights that I saw and could have scored much more. And in the second half, we just brought on kids. So uh, Watford scoring three unanswered goals in the second half to win 4-2. Something not to look too much into. Uh, we, we brought on under-19s and under-21 players. So it's not something that I'm looking seriously into. And then uh, I made some notes on players that's been selected for the squad to the Dubai, Dubai Super Cup. So at the time of the squad... Uh, the likes of Tomiyasu Turner, uh, well, not, to a less extent Thomas Partey, because they would have been knocked out by the time the squad was announced. Uh, this is Garner, but uh, from a uh, Tomiyasu Turner and Xhaka standpoint, they would still have been playing their last 16 games when the squad was announced. So obviously Kieran Tierney, Gabriel Magayesh, Martin Odegaard, Captain Emil Smith-Rowe is in the squad wasn't pictured in any of the training pictures as well as he hasn't made the squad for the first game against Lyon which Arsenal won 3-1 earlier sorry 3-0 earlier and then I'll get to the penalty shortly uh, Smith Rowe, Eddie Nketiah, Robert Holding, Cedric Suarez, Fabio Vieira, Sambi Lakonga, Rhys Nelson, Mohamed Alneni, Marquinhos, Carl Hein, our third keeper, and then Alex Zinchenko, who as well did not make the bench, hasn't been in any pre-arrival uh, picks uh, in Dubai. So there's once again an injury problem with Zinchenko, and that's becoming a bit of a concern now. And then the rest of the squad is made up of under-19 and under-21 players. Our starting lineup for the Lyon game. So, first of all, Lyon, a bit of a backstory there is that uh, Alex Lacazette, our former captain, captained uh, Lyon, and uh, Jeff Reen Adelaide, another one of those players, constantly injured, one of the, uh, the biggest names coming out of our youth setup. However, just hasn't worked out for him, and he still continues to be injury prone. Uh, he was on the bench for Leon, and then players that we've constantly been linked with, Hussam Awa, as well as Dembele. Uh, can't get to his name now, but as a French Dembele, I think it is. He's also been regularly linked to us in the past. So our team, Heinin Goal, our third keeper, right back Cedric, left back Kieran Tierney, and then our centre-back. So generally a Europa League-style squad, Holding and Gabriel. In midfield, our single pivot, Elneny. And then left eight, Lakonga. Right eight slash ten, Urgard captain. And then we had Nelson, left wing, Vieira on the right wing, and Enketia through the middle. And then just youngsters, with obviously uh, Marquinhos on the bench and the very young Nuaneri on the bench. Uh, Hilson is the fourth keeper, Foran on the bench, Sousa who's a left back, Serjan who is a 8 slash 10 you can call it and then Smith who is the captain of the under 21s he was on the bench as well, Arsenal obviously in the first half winning the game 3-0, once again due to all the changes I always look at it as halves so Arsenal scoring three goals. We weren't really pressed in the game. It was a poor performance from Leon, but Arsenal were excellent. So you can say we uh, pushed them into the mistakes, but they didn't press us. So that is on them. Gabriel scored from a corner. Nketiah threw ball from 
Vieira, so an excellent assist from Vieira, and then an excellent goal, 15 to 20 yards out from Vieira, similar to the goal he scored against Brentford. Uh, Vieira was then replaced at halftime by Marquinhos, so that must mean that he hasn't had a lot of sessions up till now, whereas the other guys continued to play until the 67th minute, which is when Arsenal brought on the kids. They did okay, uh, Leon was a little bit more into the game, and then... Uh, they Arsenal winning the game 3-0, so picking up the three points for the win. And then there's another point to be played for, and that is the penalty shootout, which was hilarious at best. Carl uh, uh, Hein, I think, made four saves, if I'm not mistaken. Three saves, I think it was. And then, obviously, Arsenal missing a bunch of penalties as well. Marquinhos, who is closer to the first team, he uh, was one of our goal scorers or penalty scorers in a 2-1 win so Arsenal get another point for that so obviously Liverpool are playing AC Milan in the other game Uh, there's no information on that game at the time of this recording so Arsenal do play AC Milan uh, early next week I think it's on Tuesday afternoon Uh, we play them I think it might be a five o'clock game or a three no I think it's a three o'clock 3.30 round about their game and the game will be on Super Sport 3 so that should be interesting. A game against AC Milan. They also shouldn't have any of the key World Cup players, but Tamori, former Arsenal player Benatia. Uh, who can I think of? Because I watch Serie A quite a lot. So there's no Liao, there's no Giroud, all playing for the countries. They do have. Is it. Rebic, yeah, Ante Rebic from Croatia. He didn't make the Croatian squad, so he will be one of the attacking players playing. And then some of the Italian players uh, that AC Milan do have will be playing as well. So they will have a semi-strong squad similar to Lyon. Not the strongest squad because of World Cup involvement. But it should be another good test for this squad. I'm hoping Arsenal plays a little bit, one, maybe one or two more youngsters. Uh, uh, with uh, some of our starting slash bench players so that we can just have a little bit more of a variety and not have a very young squad come on for an entire half or an entire 30 minutes. So, very good start for Arsenal in Dubai. Uh, Unfortunately, Gabriel Jesus is out for about four months, in my opinion, of the Arsenal. So the Arsenal women were in action uh, twice in this last couple of days, uh, starting with Sunday afternoon's dominant but slender 1-0 win. Uh, both Arsenal centre-backs that's been out uh, for quite a considerable amount of time were both in the squad. And uh, excellent to see Leia Williamson, the England captain and Arsenal vice-captain, back in the Arsenal squad. Arsenal won 1-0, Vivian Miedema goal. Uh, took us into a position to be three points off the top. Uh, Man United women had a very big win uh, at Old Trafford over the weekend and uh, Chelsea had a humongous 8-0 win. So that obviously puts them both above Arsenal. Uh, Chelsea, nine games played, 24 points, scored 28 goals. With his eight goals, now they have overtaken Arsenal or overtook Arsenal in terms of goals scored. 
Arsenal still have the best defence, four goals conceded in eight games, but that's Chelsea, nine games played, 24 points, they've played their game in hand already. Manchester United women, eight games played, 21 points, also only lost once, and then Arsenal women, eight games played, 21 points. So that's going to be a three-way battle for the league. Uh, obviously Man City, a game in hand against Arsenal on 18 points, so they are also in the top four. Very, very interesting women's Super League. Chelsea, Man United, Man City and Arsenal all pushing for the league. So it's going to be tricky for Arsenal. They need to step it up, especially in the big games. Once again, coming unstuck against Man United at the Emirates will end up coming back to haunt them. However, they must still play Chelsea home and away and Man City women home and away. So those are going to be humongous games for the season in terms of the league, knowing how tight things are. Uh, it is the Manchester Derby this coming weekend, so uh, that that will be a, quite a big game and it will be quite good if Man City can somehow win there, but Man United have been in excellent form, they've only lost to Chelsea so far, so a huge game, Man United woman playing Man City woman this weekend, so a huge game for the top four, and then you've got Arsenal playing away to Aston Villa, that will also then be the little uh, WSL break. So even though Arsenal have two Champions League games after this Sunday's last uh, league game for the year, Arsenal play away to Aston Villa. So Arsenal should win. Villa started the season well, but they've fallen a little bit back in the last couple of games. So hoping Arsenal can finish. It will be difficult for Arsenal to finish the year on top because Chelsea have an easy game. I can't remember who they're playing, but I do know it's one of the lower teams and they will strongly likely win their game. And even if they lost, Arsenal would need to score quite a number of goals to be able to uh, get on top and also hope Man United draw, don't win by a big margin or lose on Saturday. I think they're playing Man City. So... Arsenal looking good in the league, however Chelsea and Man United ladies are currently above us on goal difference, you can say, and having played a game more. And then in the Champions League, so this is vital for Arsenal, Arsenal having beaten the European reigning defending undisputed women's champions in game one, away from home 5-1, one at home 3-1 I think it was to Zurich. And then drew away to Juventus in a game Arsenal dominated. Arsenal also dominated yesterday's 1-0 home win. Uh, looked very good, especially from an experienced uh, team perspective. And Arsenal obviously now have 10 points in their four games. So they should be through by now. Uh, they play Lyon at home next week and then the week after they play Zurich away so Arsenal should finish top because obviously Lyon has to play Juventus and I think that game is going to be at Lyon's home ground so Arsenal should finish top uh, based on the other fixture still needs to go it will be a very tough game because Lyon being the European champions they are going to give Arsenal quite a big game at the Emirates next week. So hopefully it's a, a half-full Emirates. It was a very poor crowd that was there for the Juventus game in the previous match day. So looking good for Arsenal. Top of the Champions League group, which means they probably get to avoid uh, Bayern, sorry, Barcelona, who's in the same group as Bayern. And obviously Arsenal cannot play Chelsea. 
who's also winning the Group I for Arsenal, could play Real Madrid in the next stage. I think it's the quarterfinals because there's only 16 teams. Four groups of four. So there's 16 uh, teams only and obviously two or four out. So quarterfinals is the next stage of the Ladies' Champions League. So Arsenal looking good once again in all fronts. Our only problem is Gabriel Jesus is out for three to four months. Arsenal need to do something in the transfer window. I will start looking at that next week. Up the Arsenal. I'm gonna make you mine. They say he wants some water. I'm gonna be.